Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. Myself, John, and Matt this week. The numbers were so off the chart when we were transatlantic that we actually had to limit ourselves <laughs> to one single continent this week. Um, so unfortunately, Tyler's out of the picture, and Pete's still getting settled in down at university. So it's just a two-man operation today. Matt, how we doing? We're doing well. Uh, really enjoyed this week's uh, slate of games. So excited yes. to talk about them. Um, I think feel like CFL season is really starting to get, get going. Not a lot of duds this week. No, this was a good week of games. There's no doubt about it. And obviously the Labor Day slate coming up uh, week 13 is going to be a super legit. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. Let's dive in. Um, Matt, do you want to give us the review of Winnipeg, Calgary? Yeah. So uh, is this the third uh, meeting for these guys this it year? Is the third and meeting is uh, two out of the three. All have been great. Two out of the three have been great, great games. So this has really buoyed the CFL season. That you're, at least every few weeks, these oh, two yeah. teams are going to get together and slug it out. Um, I think Winnipeg uh, put together a, a great campaign. Um, they're kind of, again, firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Um, it does seem like, well, and who knows if that's just them still playing up to their competition, or playing down as it is in some weeks. But um, Zach Caleros put together a very Zach Caleros game, uh, 19 of 26 for 294 yards, two TDs, two interceptions. Got to get a couple that's picks v- in there. That's very Zach Caleros. Uh, it's won them humble. two, won them two Grey Cups so far, yep. um, and uh, we've got uh, something we've talked about all season: a split backfield, and now it's been really split. So now we are also getting uh, Nick Dembski involved, but Johnny Augustine and Brady Oliveira with seven and eight carries. Um, so they combined, uh, and then obviously we're still missing Greg. Ellingson, but we had another Greg step in, um, get his uh, first NFL TD. That's Greg McRae. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, um, obviously something that I think we all predicted, or at least I did, that Jake Mayer would start for a healthy uh, yeah, Levi we knew Mitchell. It was so, <laughs> uh, twenty-three for twenty-eight uh, with two hundred ninety-four yards, exactly the same amount of yards as Acaleros, uh, but three TDs. Now, I don't know how much of this is the Malik Henry effect. He's a guy that was not on our radar at the beginning of the year, but has obviously proven himself as an elite CFL receiver. Um, so I'm sure Jake uh, bought him a, a bottle of wine or something afterwards just to say thank you for making that the opening campaign. Even though it wasn't a win, I think it was a yeah. resounding success. How crazy Completely. is it that we have two starting QBs yeah. on the same team? Uh, Bo Levi could go, I think we talked about this last week, everywhere except Winnipeg, and maybe even Winnipeg, would take Bo Levi Mitchell as their starting QB right now. It's crazy. It's an and incredible back advantage. In <laughs> so that's, that's incredible, huge. Incredible um, advantage. What did you think of this game? I think it, uh, exactly what you said. It was, obviously, it's a bigger success for the Bombers. They won the game. They maintained their spot as the top team in the CFL. But this was a total success for the Calgary Stampeders in terms of implementing Jake Mayer into the offense. 
you, you it was an absolute success. Um, you won't believe who I'm going to quote. Danny Austin, uh, beat writer for the Calgary uh, Stampeders. He said, this is a game that Calgary absolutely should lose. So the fact that they lost it isn't entirely noteworthy. But the fact they were so competitive and implemented Jake Mayer so seamlessly, he had such an awesome game, I think is really good from a fan perspective. Because with the, I think BC is obviously going to fall off a little bit. But this certainly allowed us to, you know, feel comfortable that Calgary is going to maintain their position and be competitive with Winnipeg uh, going forward for the rest of the season. Hopefully they'll meet in the playoffs and maybe Calgary gets a fourth shot at Winnipeg. But I, I agree. I thought it was a success for both teams and just a great showing. This, these games, like you said, between these two all year have just been absolutely awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and I guess I just, yeah, I mean, Malik Henry, like you said, he's an absolute stud, total game breaker. Um, but just to see these two teams go back and forth, uh, scoring touchdowns, making big plays, uh, I want more of it. And I'm just happy that they're, with all the injuries and all the teams fluctuating around the league, the fact that like you've got two heavy hitters showing up uh, for another game, I just absolutely love to see it. Yeah. An interesting, um, before we move on, I want to talk Kadeem Carey in Tyler's absence. You know, 11 carries. Oh. Um, what we what we didn't have that we saw earlier in the season is a, a strong uh, Calgary lead that, yes. you know, then so really not an opportunity for Calgary to slow down the game. Yeah. Um, so it's a little unfortunate, but... I, you know, I'd be would miss uh, in Tyler's absence if we didn't at least talk about. He got under a dozen carries, uh, only sixty-two yards. They lost the game. This one, I'm giving Dave the uh, the benefit of the doubt on this one. He he did not lose this game. No. So good job, but Dave. You live to fight another day. Kadeem Carey, but let's let's yeah let's give shouts to Tyler and let me just say this, Kadeem Carey. Er, let me because I know you don't have this pulled up so. I, I hope you haven't looked at this. Guess, Matt. Guess how many games this season Kadeem Carey has had over 15 carries? Oh. Uh, I'm going to say two. One. One? One. Okay. Week three against Edmonton. He had 19. <laughs> Which That's I imagine they had a number crazy. of offensive snaps. That's crazy. <laughs> um, it really seems like they should be feeding him the ball. Uh, a bit more than that um so yeah you're welcome tyler we brought it up and now we can move on to toronto hamilton um hard game to win when you turn the ball over four times uh if you're the tie cats um i i i really really feel for the tie cats because obviously uh they wanted to go with schiltz and he was playing a pretty solid game uh and then he mm-hmm. gets hurt yeah, and then Evans out comes four to six in, weeks. And then Evans comes in, and it was it was a calamity. It was three interceptions. He lost a fumble as well. Um, side note, last season when Evans and Masoli were together, and I was Team Masoli, and everybody crapped on me online and said, oh, Masoli's trash, Evans all the way. I'd like an apology. <laughs> I'd like an apology. But no, I mean, obviously I want to see Evans play well. He's admitted that he's dealing with some sort of an injury as well. Um, so you hope, 
I, I like the Hamilton team. I like Evans and I want him to play well, but it's been just really shocking how bad his play has been this season. Like truly mm-hmm. shocking considering how confident people were in him. Well, how coming. well he played. He played well and it was like, yes, this is our guy. We are shipping Jeremiah Soli off. Like, no, I don't think Jeremiah Soli is the best quarterback in the CFL, but I think he's a legitimate, when healthy, in contention for a top five quarterback, sometimes top three quarterback. And you're like, no, we feel confident that Evans is that guy. And then he yeah. has just turned in a really, really poor campaign. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't really even know how to explain it. It's been, I think that's the, that's the story of this game. Really, is the story of Evans' decline mm-hmm. this season. And I know he's been get, you know, he's been having good yardage games, but he's. This is a. It's funny. I'll, this is a stat I'll bring up later when we talk about Cody Fajardo, and it's kind of arbitrary, but you know. How many times does quarterback throw for two or more two or more touchdowns and no interceptions? Evans has done that once this season, and in fact, <laughs> he's only not thrown an interception in a game three times this year. Wow, that's in twelve games. He's only not thrown an interception three times, and one of those games, Week Eleven against Montreal, he didn't play. So in two games. He's played. He hasn't thrown an interception. That's crazy. You just can't have it. You can't win like that. No. Uh, so I'd love to... The last thing I'll say before we get your thoughts on the matter, and this is my own personal gripe about predicting these two teams, which we'll get into because they're playing again this next week, is the Argos scored 20%. This, this season, they've scored 15 total touchdowns. They scored three this week. So they scored twenty. They scored twenty percent of their offensive touchdowns in one game. That's a great improvement. But how are you supposed to account for that sort of movement when predicting You're, games? It's that's incredibly hard, frustrating. It's, <laughs> yeah. Now, oh, well, I guess I'll, I'll. My question for you is: Does this raise the uh, Argos' floor? No, it's the same. No, sorry, does this raise their ceiling? So their, no, their floors. Still, over the last few weeks, they've been dropping their floor. Yes, this is right. this week. Did they raise their ceiling? No, they're all, they're just coming closer to their already low ceiling. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I think this is about as well as any team can play. You have four sacks, three interceptions, a fumble recovery, and your quarterback throws three touchdowns. Now, he didn't have the most efficient day in the world, but when you're throwing three touchdowns, uh, that's pretty awesome. And yeah, yeah, their running game has really struggled in the absence of uh, Harris. Mm-hmm. But the Toronto D was absolutely incredible this game. Um, a great performance. But no, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think this, I don't know what to think about yeah. either of these two teams. I have no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm done putting stock into their performances because I'm just makes me wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think for, for, I think for Hamilton, um, what they're, they're missing is the receiving core they had last year. Uh, missing banks, missing Addison, missing Acklin. Um, it's just, they, we, they never had a good run game. Um, last year was it Malik Irons and, uh, and Don Jackson. 
as kind of a duo, but they weren't really in it and they weren't really played too. So it's not, it's not like their fault that they didn't, you know, have a, a have big seasons last year. It's just a, a fact that this was an air attack. Um, but I just feel like it shouldn't, they, I think I, you're totally right. But I mean, the carryovers from last season, Tim White, Stephen Dunbar, um, Poppy White, like those are solid players. And the fact that they can't get more done with those guys just really highlights how much the quarterback position is struggling. Yeah, yes, I totally for agree sure. with your point. Like they don't have the same identity. Um, but man, they should be better than they are still with the weapons they have. Yeah. It's it's tough. It is it's tough. tough. At, at least Tim White, he got some good stuff done because he's my fan. <laughs> yeah, he got it done for yeah. Yes, but indeed. Yeah, the, I mean, more so than any team over the last two years, Hamilton has really been running back by committee. Like, they've not had a split backfield. They've just thrown... I remember last, last year, I'd have to go back into my research, but I think at one point they had a different leading rusher in, like, five consecutive games. So they were just throwing whoever out there one week, and then the next week some other guy. And then it'd be Tim White would get a few end-arounds. So <laughs> them completely... But they could do that last year when, yeah, they did have that explosiveness in the passing game to maybe make up for it. This year they just don't have that ability, and I think they would really be served well by a consistent run game. I maybe, agree. Maybe use the reigning... M-U-P, most underutilized player, Sean Thomas Irvington. Get him the ball a little bit more. I, I, I don't know, man. Like he, he's I, got, he had that good touchdown, but yeah. I don't, I, yeah. at this point, it's, it's what do tough. you have to lose? You know, if, yeah. if you're Hamilton, it, it, I, yeah, yeah. Butch, okay, put but STE like, number one. Yeah. Like, you got to like get you're, going. You're three and eight. You're yeah. not, unless... Sketch really fumbles, or at this point, mate, you know, I, I mean, I can't yeah. see BC falling, like losing the rest of their games. No, and I, do they play Sketch again? Especially with yeah, Sketch with has <laughs> well, some some Edmonton games coming yeah. up. So does Calgary. Yeah. Like, I, I can't imagine them falling. So you're at this point, all things equal. If we just continue yeah. on the same course, you miss the playoffs. You you get crossed over, you're done. Yeah, because Mon- Montreal's a game up with a game in hand. Yes. So, yeah. And uh, Montreal's playing better. Yes. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. We'll see coming no, off I, the bye week. I agree, uh, though. That's really an interesting way to... Yeah, if you're Hamilton... Again, this is why I feel bad. Like I feel like they finally had made the decision to go with Schiltz. And it's like, okay, we see some potential to turn the season around. And then he picks up a knock, and it's like, oh, well, that was short-lived. So I, 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 hate, to see, I hate to see energy get infused into a team and then totally shut, shut down. But that's the way football goes. Football's a dumb sport. Speaking <laughs> of dumb sport, now let's talk about Saskatchewan playing their best game of the season, uh, in my opinion, beating BC. Let me just throw some stats out there first. And then Stat I, will me up. Let, I will let you. So, all right. Cody Fajardo, he's the story, right? This is, yep. this is, he, the man was on his deathbed. They brought in the mirror to see if he was still breathing, man. 
And this man goes 19-24 for 321 and two touchdowns. Okay. Most passing yards since week three of the 2021 season. A wild stat. An insane Most, stat. Okay. okay. When Fajardo took over as the Riders starter in 2019, the 2019 season, again, this is that two or more passing touchdowns, no interceptions. He had four of those games in 2019. In the past two seasons, he's only accomplished it four times, including this game. So he's maybe, you know, this is just getting back into that groove he had, uh, showing signs of that 2019 for Gerardo. And then here's my final stat. Okay, this is his only his second 300-yard passing game of 2022. He had one 300-yard passing game in 2021. He had seven 300-yard passing games in 2019. <laughs> So insanity. What does it all mean? I have no idea. Is this sign of things to come? Who knows? Is this just, you know, he felt the pressure, so he pulled something out of his butt and put forth an incredible game, and we'll never see, you know, he's not going to play like this again. Probably more so this is his, we're talking floors and ceilings. I think this is probably his ceiling. I don't think a game like this should be expected of him week in and week out. But it was great to see him play well. Uh, no matter how much I don't want to see the Riders uh, win, but now Matt, I'll yeah. let you speak. Let you speak. <laughs> well, I was I was also looking for a silver bullet. Like what happened? And you know, I, I looked at they're definitely this week compared to last week a huge, not a huge, uh, but a significant three four minute difference in possession time and number of plays run. Um, so BC definitely had. Less time on the field, opportunities to score. Sketch definitely had more. Um, and it does feel like the BC from last game was Sketch of this game. Like they switched places. Yeah. Um, now, I really haven't seen this, but if Tyler was here, he would say that he has been suspect of the BC defense for a long time. The entire season, almost. <laughs> no, he said that, and the stats don't back that up in any way. But... <laughs> <laughs> Again, they only let up 24 points with their offense being basically non-existent the whole game. Or 23 points. So I would say it's actually an okay performance from the BC uh, yeah. defense. But yes, I know Tyler would have something to say about them. So I think Sketch had a... We need to, what would Peter say in this situation? We, we've referenced Tyler uh, plenty, I but I think he just has the hotter side the mind he's the warm, of a Peter Boyle. <laughs> memorable takes. I don't um, know. I don't know. You uh, probably just lament the Rourke absence, which I would totally be understandable. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. I think what this is is Saskatchewan uh, took the opportunity with additional opportunities, um, additional plays, additional possession time. Yeah. Uh, their defense did exactly what they needed to do. I mean, they held uh, the two BCQBs to a little over 200 yards. Um, they got the, they got the ball back. No, I mean, you really expect to see a lot more interceptions, um, more forced fumbles. Uh, but we'll see, we got one sack. Yeah. Which is kind of a wild one. And the BC seven sacks. Like it's, it's actually shocking. Like the fact, (laughs) yeah, no, like that's, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about that. So yeah, I can't explain even with this kind of performance from Saskatchewan, you still have that. 
they give up seven yeah. sacks and you're like, oh, goodness. Oh, so, goodness. Not good. Yeah, so I, I think BC does have a strong defense, but it's it, it's the same thing I think Saskatchewan has, has dealt with the entire season. It's like you can have the best defense, but if the other team is running 50 plays in a game, 40, 50 plays in a game, it's just there's only so much you can do. Like You can only yeah. stop the ball so many times. You can only – you know, give up so many yards per yeah. per opportunity, and things are going to slip through. So it really is an ebb and flow. And absolutely, yeah. No, I'm. I, what What do you expect of a team when you're getting this sort of quarterback play for BC? It starts and stops there. You have two guys who, I uh, you know, obviously they're thrust into a really tough position. Um, they're playing a really solid defense, so not a good place. I, I, I thought I clearly thought I thought BC would win, and I thought that O'Connor would have had a lot better uh, showing. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get this sort of quarterback play, wh- what is the rest of the BC team supposed to do? Yeah, you can't win like this. No, you're not putting. You have you know you have the most talented receiving core in the league, but you're I mean Lucky Whitehead caught less than 50% of his targets. Um, Keon Hatcher, less than 50% of his targets. Brian Burnham, less than 50% of his targets. If you're not getting the ball into the hands of the playmakers, then it doesn't matter, you know. And I don't really know how much there is to say about that, only to say that, obviously, if this sort of quarterback play continues for BC, um, that would be really quite shocking. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, it's just tough to be eight and two and really staring down the barrel of a gun. Oh, and yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, Michael O'Connor has been touted. I mean, he's he's green as hell. I mean, this is his first start. He's a fairly young guy. Doesn't have a lot of reps. So I mean, you can hardly blame him. Like we, I do oh. think that Saskatchewan is a great defense. Yeah, I don't. Seems like they've been the most yeah. solid. Yeah, most sacks. You know, going. Um, that that it that's just a, a tough place to be in. Yeah. I hope he turns the corner, but it's it's a it's a long road. I mean, this is this is a a uphill battle for Michael O'Connor. You lose to, the best player in the league. Like what is get? Yeah, it's obviously yeah. going to be tough. Yeah, to, to to come in and Carmeloize this team. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Let's uh, move on. Yeah. Unless you have anything else to add? No, just poor Nathan. I know it sucks. It's dumb. Pobre Nathan. Just don't Nathan. talk about it. I've found in life, <laughs> if you ignore things, they often go away. They really do. That's the worst part is that they often do go away, but a lot of times they they don't. Well, but let's talk more about often than not, they do. The return <laughs> of Starbuckle. Kind of. He had a good good game. He didn't turn the ball over. A, a um, winning effort. He won. Here's yep. my story of this game. Because, again, same as last week, I don't want to spend too much time talking about these two teams. There's not much you can draw from that. But as you know, I predicted the Edmonton Elks to get the victory. Okay. You did. I, they converted, I believe it was nine straight second downs to start the second half, week 11 in Ottawa. They won on a 27 to nothing run to close that one out. That had to have been something to build on. That had to have been. You're playing the same team you did that against. Wouldn't you think some of that play 
would continue over, would carry over. No, none of it continued, carried over. I, to see a team get what I thought was a pretty big win, a pretty dang big win. You go on the road, you pick up your third win of the year, you show signs of life, and then you have just such a poor, poor performance the next week against the same team. It's hard to say. I don't want to say I'm like... My expectations are so low that I can't say I'm totally disappointed in the Elks, but I'm actually shocked that they could, I shouldn't be, but I am shocked that they could turn in such a bad performance. Yeah, It was horrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't been on a lot of teams in team sports. I have been on teams. Yeah. But as far as team sports goes, the, that part of my athletic career ended fairly early. You're a uh, runner. I was a runner, but I definitely in on the running team and earlier in, in basketball teams. Let's and, make and note seeing, for the people: this man was a collegiate runner, so he knows what he's talking about. You do get the Continue. feeling, and I can, can kind of see it that the wins are the wins are the flukes, right? When people yes. run well or when people <laughs> play well, it's yes. not it's not like the team was working together and made a, a stop and, and won the game and, and they can build on that momentum. It's like the defense, the offense, the special teams, the wide receivers, everyone's disconnected. No one's yes. working towards the same thing. No one, you know, uh, no one's working towards a win. They're all there to get paid, to protect their jobs, to be able to explain, you know, uh, in their meetings with the GM at the end of the year, how they did collect their, you know, get the playing time bonus, all that there, there seems like they're all out for themselves. And, and then that is, and that's completely a guess. That is a, a, something that my brain, that's a, a head cannon as it were, but that's what it seems like is that these guys are, are not playing as a team. So where if, if as a viewer, we see, Oh, great team win. Let's build on that momentum. What they're seeing is, okay. Kenny Lawler, you know, he's he he did what he needed to do. Um, Taylor yeah. Cornelius won a game. Like, let's just keep moving forward. Um, but an insane stat that, line for like, Lawler, by the, the way, in this one. Yeah, three I, catches, 146 yards, makes three, two of the most athletic catches you'll ever see, and just yeah, base like that was. That was incredible. Had had, yeah, he had over fifty percent of the team's receiving yards, yeah. but still only and, and, three of them. And another stat that just yeah. just breaks my heart is that I don't know if Terrell Walker is having trouble running routes. I don't know if he's not communicating with his quarterback. I don't know if he's got stone hands. But again, we saw, and I'll have to go back. Let me see if I can get it quickly. Um, as far as the targets to... Um, this is his second time in three weeks catching one pass on six targets. Yeah. So let me see here. And then Darrell see. Walker. Yeah. 34 receptions on 64 targets. That's insane. That's like insane. Kenny Lawler, 56 for 91. So, you know, but uh, Kenny Lawler, if you just get targeted... No. You're also going. He's getting double covered, and they're throwing him yeah. down the field. More but you look at their uh, their second leading receiver, Manny Arsenault, thirty three receptions on forty one 
yeah. targets, right? That's what we want to see because those are your it's top crazy. three guys. Once after that, it, it really falls off. Like Kyle Oxley is not a. Hopefully, um, Dylan Mitchell turns out to be a good player. Oregon Duck, but yes, he's he's not a, an elite receiver. Uh, Chris Ose Kusi, uh, not an elite receiver. Um, these guys are are just. We can put them in a separate category. But yeah, if you're a Kenny Lawler, okay. if you're a Manny Arsenault, if you're a Darrell Walker, it's not acceptable to catch 34 yeah. out of 64. Yeah. No matter who your quarterback is. No. Unless it's Cody Fajardo and you're like turning around every time. There is an exception. Yeah, I mean, obviously, no, it's, it's, you had yeah. last year, I thought was, I thought last year was a fluke for Walker. Yep. You know, bad quarterback play with the Elks. You know, he, he had exactly, he caught exactly 50% of his targets. Um, and I thought that was like, all right, that's not going to happen again. He, you know, missed a year for COVID. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know if I've, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's shocking. In 2019, he had 1,000 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Like, I, that's a yeah. really good year. And like so, they said this but past. But 57%. 58% in 2019, yeah. he's at 53 yeah. right now. Um, but then you compare that to his, his teammate back in 2019, you know, 62%. You know, and, and yeah. I think, I don't know I don't know what the stat is. I'm, I'm not a, We're, yeah, I, I don't know shocking. what he needs to be at. You know, Kenny Lawler was only 50%, three reception on, on six targets. But it, it's... If you're Darrell Walker, you need to step up because there's there's only two guys, right? With Manny out, it's two guys, and Kenny's doing yeoman's work, yes. and and so that's why it's like that has to happen. You got to step up. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I know no, I'm talking I like into a, a into a brick wall, and I it's think to, I, it's I want Darrell to, Walker yeah, to to play hard, well. Hard to he's always been a yeah. He's always been a a guy that we you love to see play. Um, so it's def- it's just unfortunate, but you you look or, you look down the stat sheet and that's the most glaring, right? Yeah. It, no, it's it's that that has to get fixed. It's shocking. Yes, I think that's a great note to end it on is yeah, it just kind of encapsulates the Elks games. You look you see the game and you see them play badly. And then you say, all right, well, let me take some time. Let me look at the box score and let me see. And it just gets worse. <laughs> Let's talk league leaders. Here's the happiest moment of the week's pod. Passing yards, still Nathan Rourke, 3,281. He'll have that for probably at least another week. Rushing yards, Brady Oliveira with 604. Receiving yards, new leader. We got Dom Rimes with 893 receiving yards. Still looking for the first receiver to break 1,000 on the air. Probably coming up in the next week or so. And then Sachs, Pete, and Lorenzo still tied with eight apiece. And with that said, we get to our week 13 predictions. Now, Tyler has not texted in his preds because he's sleeping in Germany where they have horrible internet connection. (laughs) So... That's unfortunate for them. Um, we do have Peter's Preds, except for the Edmonton-Calgary game. 
I think we can probably speak for him on that account. <laughs> I um, think we'll be good there. Going into this, let's. I'm going to make note of this quickly, briefly, and we'll also post this on our Twitter uh, tomorrow. But the boys did not do well in Week 12 predictions. Um, everybody <laughs> had a one and three week. Um, so that's not great. Uh, and the so, but it meant that the standings did not change. Tyler's still in first. He's got a two-game lead, or he's got a one-game lead on Pete. He's got a two-game lead on me, and he's got a six-game lead on Matt. So I will kick it off. Ottawa at Montreal. Teams first squared off in week seven. It was a 44-33 victory for the Alouettes. Absolute barn burner. I think this is... I'm scared that... Montreal got kind of dealt a bad card with a poorly timed bye week last week. Mm. Because I felt like they'd finally built some momentum. They beat Winnipeg. Huge win. Then they beat Hamilton. Okay, big. You string back-to-back wins together for the first time in the season. And then they had to sit a week. (laughs) So I'm worried about that. But at the end of the day, I still think Montreal is the better team. So Montreal wins. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Um, yeah. I do think that Trevor Harris is playing Caleros like ball, and I think if he just continues that, um, I think they could still make a run. I mean, I think oh, they can they go toe to toe. They would be my pick to win the East right now. I think they can go toe to toe with Toronto, and yeah. especially with Ham. You know, this will be instructive. Is the Nick Arbuckle? Ottawa, Red Blacks, you know, what, what did they look like? Um, is Devontae Williams able to continue? You know, he's built over the last two games great momentum in yeah. coming in for a replacement of William Powell. So that would be a really awesome – because William Powell really never got it going. So if, if Ottawa can start growing yeah. um, under Nick Ar- Arbuckle, under um, Devontae Williams, obviously we've always felt that they had the receiving core – Defense is just a question mark. It's it is what it is. Um, I think this game will be instructive. However, yeah. I do think that Montreal is the better team. I think that's clear, and that they will ultimately take this one. Peter will also take the Alouettes, but I want to say, Matt, and I think this is something that we can maybe learn from. If at any point in the season a player has had a game or a team has had a game where you say. Gee, they turned the corner. If they could do that again, <laughs> I think that's going to be pretty interesting. The guarantee, not not some no. The guarantee is that the next game they will absolutely play horribly. So actually, I wouldn't feel too good about our Buckles' chances this week. <laughs> Let's get into Winnipeg at Saskatchewan. Um, Matt, who you got? Boy, I really, really, really want to take the Rough Riders <laughs> really badly. <laughs> um, You're not I, that wild, are you? I, You know, here the here's... I would take the Rough Riders with a healthy Jamal Morrow. Yeah. Hey, Hickson's think, not a bad backup, though, man. That guy I agree. Can ball. I, I, but I think, I think Jamal Morrow really... Yeah. If, like, a healthy, confident Cody Fajardo and a healthy... Jamal Morrow yeah. with the sketch defense. I mean, that's great. 
Keen Schaefer Baker played out of his mind. Of Braden Lanius, he's coming back. Braden Lanius, is he going to play this week? I don't know. They have a usually not. Game. I mean, it's a it's a Sunday game, so maybe they've got he's back. He's imagine. he's up there now. Well, Devonte, De- I know he's more just a special teams guy. Yeah, which, let me get him. back. Talk. I got to talk about Deadman at some point. I know he's a special teams guy, but he played right after coming back from getting cut by the Dolphins. So I don't know. I I think Lanny. We'll see, but it's a good addition. But continue. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting you. Well, and Kyron Moore is back. I mean, he didn't yeah. have a, a great game back, but that's to be expected. He's still yes. kind of getting yes. his, his energy back. Um, boy, I really, really, really want to pick Sketch. Do it. Just and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick Sketch on Rough Riders. I love it. Now they're at home. Magic of Mosaic. I think I, it's going to happen. Labor Day weekend. I love it. So, dude, I totally feel where you're coming from. Those are, I mean, my notes when I'm, like, working, it's, they're adding offensive weapon, right? Moore is back. They could get Shaq Evans back. They could get Brady and Linneus back. Um, you know, Cody plays his best game, arguably, of the last two seasons. And it's kind of like Montreal, you string together some momentum and then you hit a wall. In Saskatchewan's case, I think that wall is the best team in the league over the last three seasons, <laughs> Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I feel so stupid. It's a very unfortunate I, 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 time to yeah. have the Bombers on your schedule. <laughs> it just, it's just, especially when you're a team that allows sacks like the Riders do. They've allowed Shit, 44 so sacks right. on the season. <sighs> I just... I. Uh, and I, and let me uh, uh sorry so gelly man back like winnipeg is not a sack machine team they're actually um third worst in the league they've only recorded 22 sacks this year so it's not like they're setting the world ablaze but i think we know the talent they possess on their defensive line and their linebackers and and i just don't think that's going to play well for the riders. So I have the I have the bombers. Yeah, that's a good call. Peter has the bombers as well. Are you changing your pick? Have I persuaded you? No, I'm I'm out of it as far as winning. So I'm okay gotta, with trying to pick one up. This I feel confident enough to to try and pick one up on you guys. Good, I love it. I don't feel like this is one of my. Uh, Red Blacks larks. I feel like I'm, I feel confident in this pick. If it goes south, yes, I have I have my my reasons. But I think it probably would have been anyway, just because of the you know the pageantry and the you know the rivalry of Winnipeg versus Saskatchewan. But competitively, this is also the game of the week, in my opinion. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree absolutely. I mean, so let's get to let's get to the most unpredictable game of the week. Though. What about this as a prediction? What? This is a Grey Cup preview. <laughs> I would honestly believe that. I can. This really that. is my this is my new Grey Cup pred. You should, um, I tweet that out, and we'll get the people going. Okay, because I feel like the the only thing that changes that is if Scat somehow. <laughs> no, see, I think BC doesn't make the run through. Uh, if for if some crazy reason if Sketch jumps Calgary, then it'll be yeah. Winnipeg Calgary. Yeah. Um, Which is not gonna. Happen. I just don't see that happening. <laughs> I don't either. So I think 
I think Scatch chops up the two East teams and, and goes to see the and it's in Regina this year. So that would be great. That would be crazy. That would be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, as far as I don't, I don't see we can get just as yeah, I mean, I just don't see I mean, Calgary's four losses are two. Uh, a Nathan Rourke led BC and then Winnipeg. So when they get more games against the rest of these chumps in the league, like I feel like Calgary's probably going to win some ball games going forward. Um, that's my two cents. Toronto at Hamilton. Who cares? You can't predict this game. You can't. Look well, at this past. You can't look at past meetings. You can't look at stats. There's no way of knowing how these two teams will play. <laughs> this week, I feel like you can because you've you've got you Dane Evans starting. Don't trick yourself like that. We we know that Dane Evans is starting. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I have Toronto winning. I have Toronto winning. Okay. That Peter, ha- Peter has <laughs> Toronto winning, which is starting to scare me. If Tyler has Toronto winning, they're losing. <laughs> we know. Yeah. Absolutely. Unless one of us changes, and then they'll win. No, totally. This you feel... weirdly, I feel most confident in this game. I feel that Tor- I feel better about predicting Toronto to beat Hamilton than I do about Calgary to beat Edmonton. That is shocking, because I feel pretty confident in Calgary to beat Edmonton. <laughs> I do. I know. That's what's crazy about it. That's what's weird is that I feel like coming off shocking. that game. I feel like you haven't learned anything this year. This no, is no. why you're last in the Preds pool. Well, I'm not good at this. I'm not, I don't understand football. I don't get the CFL. I just yeah. enjoy watching the games. You've got. I, I, I make no claim to expertise. <laughs> Edmonton at Calgary, final game of the week. I have the Stampeders right. Why wouldn't you? Um, I don't think they're. Ne- I don't need to give a reason. Um, but yeah, if Edmonton pulls a rabbit out of its hat, that would be incredible. Do you see that happening? No way. Dude. No way. No the, way. The challenge for me this week is, do I start Caleros or Mare? And I think it's... Mare. Well, I think, I think it's clearly Mare to go yes. up against an Edmonton team. Yeah. But we'll see. <laughs> That would be. I, I, yeah. If, if, I, I, if I a, wanted I Edmonton to win, I really fantasy. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm leading, but all of a sudden, I don't have a quarterback. Yeah. So I don't know. I got one available for you. Oh yeah. You want to work yeah, out a Ca- trade? Yeah, Caleb Evans is available. No, he doesn't start for his team. I didn't say I had a starting quarterback. I said I have a quarterback available for you. Yes, I was. Now that we're done with Preds and we're getting into the fantasy, I will say, like, I was watching the Edmonton game and I was like, because this is after, okay, so O'Connor had gotten injured because he used my, I guess I could just move it on down the line and take Pipkin. I do have a healthy quarterback, right? I have Dane Evans, so I can play him, but I'm just, you know, questionable about his um, injury history. But I was like, all right, what if I just take Taylor Cornelius? I'm going to add him to my roster and make him my quarterback right and then he just goes 14 for 37 and i was like stupid 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 why did you ever think that could work i was really upset with myself but that's okay uh, that's a good lead in don't be Matt, too hard tell on us tell us about week okay fantasy. well i am back 
You are back. And uh, really, I, I, what I was missing was Malik Henry. Whew, and yeah. then I also, if he I, can do I, that every week. <laughs> and then Nick Dembski finally had a breakout game. So behind Henry's 37.2 and Dembski's 29.3, I pulled out 97.1. Although I did text you guys and I said, I'm not breaking 100. Because I had 88.6 or something like that after the Calgary-Winnipeg game. And Willette dropped a 1.6 on me, and I knew that was going to happen. And then BC oh. did get rolled. I'm sorry about that. So that was okay. That was enough. It was plenty for first. And then, John, you were second, 74.5 um, behind Tim White. Kind of a late, <laughs> late, late start for him. I think Dude, he really got he... going in the second half. Yes. Uh, but but turned in 21.7. And, obviously and that's Kenny Toronto Lawler. D, baby. Jamal Peters, thank you, my man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Toronto was uh, 19 points. So uh, Tyler was way back. Uh, one big miss here. Jake Weineke didn't play. Uh, James Butler, that was a surprise to me, how poorly James Butler played. Obviously, I think that's a function of not as many snaps. Like when you're, you know, when you're playing 40, 50 snaps, you have 35 minutes to play with. You can get the run game going, but... You know, after four touchdowns in his first game to just kind of really peter off, even when the rest of the team was firing on cylinders, is, is, is too bad. But Can't play uh, Tyler, every week. Yeah, truly. Tyler's uh, number one guy was 24.6. Now, Peter forgot to set his lineup. And he shouldn't have. Really I texted puts, him. This puts into perspective how bad my week 10 was. Peter, without setting his lineup, beat my week 10 28.3 he had 36 and that was with a quarterback and a running back that did not play yes it's like impossible how, how bad that week was for me but peter's out it's unfortunate this happens usually later in the year but every year this happens where he stops playing um so we thank yeah. you for coming out well he's back um, at school so you know we don't matter anymore <laughs> So as it shakes out uh, on the overall leaderboard, John, you still are out in front and with a fairly healthy lead, 925.6, and then Tyler's behind you, 40 points behind, 885.2, and then I'm about 30 points behind him, 853.3. So I'm still, you still got a good 75-point gap on me. Um, we've got nine weeks left, so. Let me tell you I what mean, I'm that's... about, though. <laughs> Not me personally, but I already know this damn Tyler in Germany. So for all you listeners out there, you know Tyler's in Germany now. I wish he was here to defend himself. But we've made ourselves a little fantasy agreement because he's asleep when people are making game-time decisions, right? So whatever, Reggie Bagleton's a game-time decision. If Tyler were to start Reggie and Reggie ended up injured, Tyler would be allowed to put in a fantasy replacement. I know at a crucial moment, this is going to play into his favor. We're like freaking probably like Wineke is going to be a game time decision. He'll go out and then Tyler will put in Phil Pot, who went off for like two punt return touchdowns and 100 yards receiving. And we'll just have to eat it. And I'm not looking forward to that. So I'm wary of the season going forward. That's all I got to say. Okay. Uh, and then Peter the is way back. My mind. You're nearly, John, if you have another, uh, if you and Peter have the same week as you did this week, you will have gapped him by 200 points. So 
That's impressive. He is, yeah. Right now, the model is predicting a tight race between you and Tyler, with Tyler coming out on top. Um, but That's we'll see. I'd like to have a. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, like I apologize. Have... I got my I got my colors mixed up yeah. with you coming out on top. I'd like to have a Tour de France sort of, uh, you know, victory where I can just like final game of the year, start some backups, let them get some run, and just kind of coast it in. <laughs> we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You know, I really feel if I put together a hundred point game this this weekend, it's over. No, I'm just channeling my inner Tyler. <laughs> Uh, all right different trend lines now none of these work do we we're gonna save power rankings to next till next week we know you guys have been clamoring for those um it's just so hard with um you know all the fluctuation in the league we don't want to we don't want to throw out a power ranking that doesn't really represent all four members of the pod right right correct we'll get to it um (laughs) Matt and I do have a discussion, though, that we discussed previously off the pod, and we'd like to bring it to you people, which is, if you could have only one singular superpower, so no Superman stuff, you do one thing, you gotta jump high, you gotta be strong, you gotta be really tall. You have one superpower that would best equip you to be as successful as possible in the most number of professional sports, which superpower would that be? My choice is speed. I think speed makes you nearly unstoppable in the vast majority of sports. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example of a sport where speed would not be game-breaking. The ultimate? So golf is my like example. Because I, I feel like when we talked about baseball, where your perception slows down, you, you're basically so. No, but you're even basically if you pure your drive every time. See, that's the thing I thought. But even if you are hitting it clean, you're hitting it pure. There's still these uncontrollable factors, and you're not. You can't cheat, right? So this, that's the thing. You're performing within the rules, so you can't, you know, hit your ball, pick it up, run it to the hole, right? You actually have to hit it. I feel like. You will certainly have an advantage, but I don't think it automatically makes you a champion level or, you know, an unbeatable champion in golf. Yeah, I I, I have to think about it more. I I wonder. The modern pentathlon? No. Archer, like, would you be steadier? You would have to have, like, super steadiness. Yeah, everything would be slow to you. Right. Yeah. And so you can like the in in rifle, I know, and I I assume this happens with uh like I know in rifle that they slow their heart rates down and attempt to shoot between heartbeats. And that's when they're because you you twitch a little bit or there's a little yeah. bit of movement. And so you can slow that down and as soon as you breathe out and then right yeah. then you take the shot. I just what yeah. would be this what would be the second best? Cuz I feel like actually like super strength. Like yeah, you're great at football. You're good if you connect in baseball, but you still got to hit a curveball. Yep. Basketball you're just getting called for charges all the time. 
three in the key. You're not moving any faster. Yeah. Certainly you'd be, you know, the WWE champion. Um, but no, I, I feel like speed is the one that really gets it. Tyler. What other superpowers are there? Well, you could, uh, super jumping. You could be the best swimmer in the world. Um, which see that's well see i i so i thought about swimming and you you like the, uh, the aquaman yeah but i think that gets subsumed into speed now and same I with jumping. Like it's, yeah i see what you're like saying I, there yeah i don't feel like the fat like super swimming i don't feel like that no, super swimmer superhero gets beaten i mean by. you could be like Iceman and x-men you can throw ice out of your hands and maybe that makes you a great hockey player uh, but i don't really think that or you could, you know, you could be, right, you got your storm. You can control the weather. Maybe that just, you turn every football game into a slop fest. And that's your advantage. You get a real hard-nosed football team that knows how to play in the mud. And you just hope you don't play on artificial turf. And that's how you win. Okay. Uh, speed is the one. We've gone too speed far. Speed has to be the one. It just has speed to be the one. Speed is the one. Let us know. I really do want to know what is the second or is there yeah. any way... You could make a case for non-speed. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Twitter, at Shups and Preds. Email shupsandpreds at gmail.com. We will be back week week 14. We'll probably have a couple more guys on to discuss the Labor Day weekend games. What you were excited for. Uh, And we hope you all have a great rest of your weekend. Or your week, whenever you're listening. Peace. (laughs) Peace.